0: Apartheid South Africa, a period of time that can be most closely related to that of the American Civil Rights era, is historically referred to as a time when the National Party led this country's white minority government from 1948 to 1994. The bulk of the narrative will take place in the United States, but the beginning and ending will take place in South Africa. Sarah Wellington, a young white South African girl, lived with her mother, Twin brothers, her father, who is a policeman, and a black maid or caretaker, Deborah. Blindly, Sarah refers to Deborah as being her best friend, as she has no real understanding of the fact that Deborah is there for one reason and one reason only to serve her. Sarah has very little understanding of the concept of racism and the fact that historically, black and white people have not seen eye to eye. She subconsciously understands that black people are not seen as her equals, but she thinks little of it because it is all she has ever known. As far as she knows, black people are meant to work for white people, and she sees nothing wrong with that reality because she has never lived in another reality. It is until she crosses paths with Margaret Jamerson. Margaret is a young black girl living in the United States during the post-civil rights era with her mother, two younger brothers, and her father. Ronald Jamerson, who is a notable congressman. Mr. Jamerson also openly expresses his discontent with the likes of apartheid and dedicates most of its efforts towards dismantling apartheid South Africa. In America, during this time period, the social climate between black and white people is still extremely tense, but still more advanced than in South Africa. The reality is that Sarah and Deborah are both in for major awakenings and are going to go through intense culture shocks on both ends of the spectrum. They will both have to travel down a long and rocky road before they reach the state of mutual understanding and appreciation for one another's race, culture, and overall upbringing. Two girls who are being raised on completely different sides of the world and have two extremely different views on life will find that they are not as different as they may seem on the outside. Sarah and her family are out eating at a premier South African restaurant that they typically visit once a week for dinner. Like many restaurants and public places in South Africa, only white people are invited to dine. However, the waiters, waitresses, and the remainder of the cooking and cleaning staff are Black or Bantu. As Sarah and her family are eating dinner and engaging in small talk, Sarah's father, Mr. Wellington, noticed that she was rather quiet and had a look upon her face that suggested she was in deep thought. Naturally, he asked her about her silence and asked if there was anything in her mind. She anxiously replied yes, while still being apprehensive due to the fact that she knew her parents might not like what she was about to propose to them. As her twin brothers argued in the background, due to the fact that one stole some of the other's food off of their plate, she began to explain how a representative came to their school today to speak with them about the exchange program that they were conducting with an American school. Despite Sarah being so visibly excited about the opportunity, her father was quick to shut down her proposal. This was mainly due to the fact that he was a part of the large majority who was side-eyeing the United States, especially since they were in the process of passing the Anti-Apartheid Act, which would impose economic sanctions on South Africa. Sarah, as eager and determined as she was, did not back down without a fight and continued to press her father on the matter throughout dinner. Her mother, Mrs. Wellington, was not opposed to the idea and believes that visiting the United States would be uh a... Great opportunity for Sarah to explore the world. As they continue to debate the matter, Sarah's father becomes increasingly agitated in which the waiter, who is tending to their table, catches the backhand of his discontent. As the waiter walks up in an effort to refill their drinks, he accidentally trips on Mr. Wellington's table and spills a little water on him. This incident, paired with the attitude that he recently developed, leads him to strike the waiter, causing him to fall and spill the remainder of the drinks. Standing over the waiter in pure anger, he shouts, You stupid Bantu! and kicks him. Everyone in the restaurant turns around to see what the commotion is about, but quickly turns around to continue their conversations and their dinner. The remainder of the restaurant staff hurries over to clean up the mess and graciously offer Mr. Wellington a towel to clean himself. Across the world, Margaret and her family were about to have a very similar conversation. She came rushing into the house after school, excitedly looking for her mother and father so that she could tell them about the exchange program. Margaret practically ran over to the kitchen yelling, Mom! Dad! Already knowing that she was about to ask for something, Mr. Jamerson jokingly replied saying, Whatever it is, the answer is no. Mrs. Jamerson let out a chuckle and continued to prep for dinner. As Margaret slightly rolled her eyes and continued with her proposal, she essentially explained the same situation to her parents the way that Sarah did, except they would be hosting a student opposed to sending Margaret to another family. Mrs. Jamerson seemed to be intrigued by the opportunity. However, Mr. Jamerson, fixing himself to say no without a second thought, Before he was able to even get a word out, Margaret continued to fully explain the opportunity to her parents. Knowing that her father was very active in his efforts to dismantle apartheid in South Africa, she was very quick to mention that the student in question would be coming from South Africa. This quickly roped her father in, as he now saw it as a token opportunity for her family to learn firsthand about the Black South African experience and for them to show the student all that America had to offer. Being that Margaret is receiving an American education where it is widely taught to students that Africa is a severe third world country and that it is primarily home to disenfranchised black people, it is fair to say that she was completely mixed mixed the thought that the exchange student would possibly be a white person. After a few more minutes of persuasion, Margaret was able to convince her father that hosting an African exchange student would be a great idea. Back in South Africa, the birds are chirping and the wind is blowing. Sarah is having a conversation with Deborah, her black caretaker, about the American exchange student opportunity and expresses that her father is leaning towards not letting her go. Deborah, seeing why her father is reluctant, gives Sarah some insight about why Mr. Wellington may feel the way that he does. Sarah, slightly upset that Deborah for taking her father's side, says Debra you wouldn't know anything. You're just a dumb bantu. Deborah is very taken aback by Sarah's comment, but she knows that it is just the result of being ignorant. Deborah then takes it upon herself to tell Sarah a story that her mother used to tell to her when she was younger. The story in question details the life of weaver birds and explains how, even though they all come in different sizes, shapes, and colors, they still seamlessly work together to build and maintain their nests. The bigger message of this story goes over Sarah's head as it is referring to the fact that even though the weaver birds are different ethnicities, as you would refer to in a human population, they still are able to work together and mutually respect each other. But Deborah hopes that one day Sarah will understand. Later on in the day, Sarah is sitting in the kitchen when her father arrives home from work. Not taking no for an answer, she asks her father yet again if he would be willing to let her travel to America for the foreign exchange program. Already annoyed with having the same repetitive conversation with Sarah, and after being tired from a long day's work, he dismissively says yes, leaving Sarah extremely excited for an American voyage. In the Jamerson household... Traditional African music is playing in the background as Sarah enters the Jamerson house. Upon meeting each other, both Margaret and Sarah have misconstrued notions about each other's countries. Sarah does not think that there are black politicians, only knowing that the patriarch of her host family is Congressman Jamerson. And although Margaret is expecting a South African exchange student, she does not realize that there are white residents. Sarah reacts with horror, bordering on panic when she is confronted with this new situation and locks herself in Margaret's bedroom when she is brought to the Jamersons' home. Eventually, Margaret picks the lock on the door and brings Sarah some food. Sarah is very standoffish, and Margaret, upset with her attitude, tells Sarah how disappointed she is in her. Stunned by this, Sarah sees how she is rude and agrees to stay and try to make things work. Mrs. Jamerson tries to play the peacemaker, chalking up Sarah's reaction to misunderstanding and culture shock while telling Mr. Jamerson and Margaret that they have been just judgmental as well. During Sarah's stay, she and the Jamersons go close. Sarah sees people of different races getting along and realizes how much she and Margaret have in common. The two become good friends and Sarah also begins to see her host family as individuals and learns to live among them day to day. Gradually, she develops a better understanding of what life under apartheid must be like for her black South Africans. When Stephan Biko dies under suspicious circumstances under the custody of the South African police, there are mass protests around the world, including at South African Embassy in Washington, D.C. In the wake of these protests, South African Embassy diplomats arrive at the Jamerson House and take Sarah to the embassy, intending to send her back to South Africa. In response, Mr. Jamerson goes to the South African embassy. After he threatens to tell the press that the embassy kidnapped Sarah from her host family, the embassy releases Sarah. Sarah returns to the Jamerson's house without fully understanding what's happened to her and why. During the discussion with Margaret, she she makes a cold, offhand comment about Biko's death. Outraged, Margaret shouts at her for being blind to the racial struggle happening in South Africa. Very hurt by Margaret's reaction in response to her comment, she runs outside, but Mr. Jamerson is very close behind as he follows her. He tells Sarah that the United States had a very long and hard history of trying to overcome racial problems, which is exactly what South Africa is doing right now. She finally grasps what the liberation fighters in South Africa stand for, and this leads to her and Margaret's reconcile. Towards the end of Sarah's stay, she and the Jamersons are at an African pride event back in America. Mr. Jamerson delivers a speech that includes the Weaver Bird story as he describes it as told to him from a new friend who came from South Africa. Sarah leaves the United States, now a very different person. As she returns home, the first person she she greets is Deborah. Secretly, Sarah shows her an ANC flag which is shown into her coat signifying her decision to side with the black liberation movement. Deborah is touched and pleased. Seeing how much America has changed Sarah and how it has added to her development as a person and her newfound understanding of the situations that are occurring in South Africa, Deborah and Sarah take it upon themselves to release a weaver bird together, symbolizing that Sarah now understands the weaver bird story and that they can now work together to unify South Africa in any way that they possibly can.